So it is amazing in many ways that we find when we can just sit in stillness for a time, what can drop out of our consciousness and what might drop into our consciousness. What can drop out of just simply with that great, amazing power of presence, of being present to ourselves, are those afflictive emotions, those difficult times, those tendency to obsess that we might have on grief, loss, anger, judgmentalism, all those difficult things that can just spin and spin and spin in our heads until finally we can just sit with them, we find that we stop giving them the fuel that they need from us and they can diminish. And sometimes what can fall into our heads, that inspiration, the moment when things just become clear to us, when something becomes an insight, that moment of aha. In my spiritual practice recently, and about 80% of my spiritual practice is sheer silence, just being in the silence because I need, especially as someone who talks a lot, too much, I need to listen. I need to remember to listen. And so over and over and over again, the last few weeks in my spiritual practice, one particular phrase has been coming to me. I first didn't know where it was. It was this. It was these words. Here is the test of wisdom. Here is the test of wisdom. Every time when I would sit in meditation for prayer, here is the test of wisdom. I took this to mean not just here on that seat, in that one seat, in that place of practice, but here, which would be the there that I would then enter. There would be the test of wisdom. And after that, the test of wisdom. And after that, the test of wisdom, wherever I would go. Now, I was preparing for this message this day, day of our birthday. I went back and I took a look at some of the things that helped us come to be. And our mission is taken from the words of Walt Whitman from his great book of poems, Leaves of Grass. And I found here is the test of wisdom. It's from his poem, The Song of the Open Road. The song of the open road, Whitman calling all of us out into the open road where the soul abides, where the soul lives, out into life. I love Whitman so much because he is not just broad-minded, but big-hearted and big, big, big-spirited. He invites all of us, as truly I believe the spiritual life does at its very core, out into the midst of life, not reserving and saving it for one day, for a Sunday, or some special day, but that it is any day and every day. And that in these experiences, being fully present in life, we will know our wisdom to be tested. Tested and revealed either to be wanting or to be very, very deeply true and confirming who we are. We spend just an hour living in this way, out there on that open road of the soul, we will see... We cannot see anything but how truly big life is, how much life we can witness even in just an hour, how much life there is there, how much life there is in other people's lives if we just don't take it for granted. This past Monday, the MLK Day of Service, I was part of a group associated with a church that met down at the St. Paul's Baptist Church in Westchester. A whole bunch of you were there as well. I think we had over 20 people from Wellspring serving on that day to honor Dr. King's legacy. And my particular task this day was handing out leaflets on behalf of the Chester County Food Bank. I did it throughout about three different uh, parking lots in the northern area of Westchester. 
either putting them under the windshield wipers of cars or handing them directly to people, sort of out there literally on the open road, trying not to get run over by some of these cars that are weaving around me. It is amazing what we can see in just an hour when we are fully present out in life. I saw the one very dapper, very well put together, older man who, when I looked more deeply at him, handling him the leaflets, and he took it silently and just read it over and went on his way, who actually appeared somewhat sad and forlorn. And then I really heard the reason for that two minutes later when he came back from walking to the shop that he had wanted to go to. Because it was 10.30 on a Monday, on a national holiday, and he didn't realize the state liquor store would be closed. There's a time in which I think I would have been sad. (laughs) Fortunately, no longer for the same reason. Here is the test of wisdom. There was the big, big burly guy whose forearms were probably about the size of my legs. Tattoos down both, a leather vest. A big Harley Davidson t-shirt on and he was pulling in just as I was uh, approaching the row where he was going to be. And I thought, okay, I can chicken out here and I can wait for him to go into a store and then I can sort of slip the leaflet under his windshield wiper. I said, no, 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 I'm going to hand it to him directly. And I handed it to him and he looked at me and then looked down and read it. And then he looked up and he looked me dead in the eye and he said, thank you. Thank you. Here is the test. Of wisdom. And then. And then this 20-something guy. In his silver Acura. Silver Acura sedan. Who actually I didn't meet. When I first gave him. The leaflet. He was one of those many. Probably hundreds that I placed it under the windshield wiper. But you know when you're sort of walking someplace. Or standing and you can sort of feel. Not like sixth sense kind of stuff. But you can sort of feel something. Right, right at your back approaching quickly. It was his car. He drove up very quickly. To within like six inches to a foot of me. And thrust his left hand out the window. As if he was returning to me a. A bag of dog crap I had put on on his stoop. He just thrust that out at me without even looking me in the eye. Just staring straight ahead with this smirk sneer on his face. Like he was really getting me back, this stupid do-gooder. Challenging me with this message from Chester County Food Bank on this MLK Day of Service. Thrust it out at me. And I took it back and he floored it and sped off. And I felt it. I felt it, I, I, I felt it in my fingers. Well, actually, I felt it in one finger. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to. I tell you people, I wanted to. Oh. But here is the test of wisdom. There was the test of wisdom. Why creates more anger where there was already such unjustifiable anger? I remember the words from our DNA, from our core values and beliefs that really rang home to we, me in a way true that they never had before. Not that I didn't consider them true before, but they really hit home. 
These words say the most powerful spirituality is expressed abundantly in everyday life, in the home, in the workplace, in the malls, and on the streets. Life, ministry, it is all around us, it is here, and yes, even more, it is out on the open road. Because there is the test of wisdom in the very midst of life. On this day when we celebrate our third birthday here at Wellsprings, I reflect back on how we got going even before the actual birthday, the day we started. I think of that gestational period many months before then and the original single small group that started Wellsprings. We knew, and there is no other reason but to take life out there to start a new spiritual community, to want to go into the open road and out onto the open road of the soul. But first, we knew we had to have something that really mattered to us, something that stood at the core of who we were. I think that when we look deeply, as we did, into our very selves, one of two things can happen when we look deeply into ourselves. The first thing is that we, like the old myth of Narcissus, can become so besotted with the beauty of our own reflection or the grotesqueness of our own reflection that all we see is us. All we see is us. There is nothing else real in the world but us. Or the very opposite thing can happen. We recognizing by looking so deeply into ourselves that the same awakening, the same desire to go deeper and go farther that is part of our lives is part of so many other people's lives. And so we recognize rather than being fixated on our own picture and presence, we become open to the picture and the presence of everyone who would wish to be a pilgrim with us along that road and to travel it. This is what we ultimately decided here at Wellsprings, that there were many others who would like to travel this road alongside us and with us. And so we were going to open it up and say here and there and everywhere, we would allow our wisdom to be tested, examined and investigated. I heard an echo of this this past week in our 3.0 group, our group that we call listening, excuse me, living with presence. We were talking about fear and courage and compassion. What happens when we are afraid, how we kind of tend to shrink from life. And when we meet that fear with that deeper courage that allows us to go forward and to face what is there and the resulting compassion, that sense of deep connection, not just to our own lives, but to other people's lives. What does that feel like? And at first we stayed kind of at the level of, of definition, of defining what compassion was for us. But the question was posed in such a way, well, what does that feel like? What does compassion really feel like? How do we feel it in our bodies when we are truly there with another person, with ourselves, not shying away, but facing, being present? And the answer came from within the group. And I love this. Compassion feels like largeness. Not largeness in the sense of ego. Not largeness in the sense of control. But largeness in the sense of real and true and profound connection. There is expansive being alive in the deepest kindness that we can share that connects us at the most profound level. I've talked a couple times in the last six months or so about intentional time that I've spent with a member of this congregation who is dying. 
very intentionally. When you are with someone who you care about and their life is coming to an end, you know that that is a space in which sometimes some of the most fruitful, beautiful, heart-rending, powerful conversations can happen. And as all those conversations that I've ever had with anyone who is dying turned sore, we talked about, well, that question, the biggest question, the biggest mystery of our existence, what next and what now? This person shared with me their understanding of what comes next from a movie that I've never seen, probably never will see, but a phrase that will stick with me for the entire rest of my life. They talked about that they believe they are heading towards the great immensity. The great immensity. If that is true then, or that then that we call eternity, and so it isn't a then, but it is eventually for all of us, well, then it must certainly be true now that we can practice living with that sense of a great immensity in the midst of our lives right here, right now, not waiting for another day, but experiencing this same sense of largeness and of connectedness of being. I felt that this past Saturday, two Saturdays ago, when we were at our Wellsprings retreat, recharging your senses, and it was a moment of chanting and dancing. Those of you who have been Unitarian Universalists for a while, i got to tell you, it's a pretty cool thing. A bunch of you use chanting and dancing together. It was awesome. And it made me think, well, it made me think of Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> not because I was wearing Calvin Klein underwear or wearing nothing but Calvin Klein underwear. Not that any of you want to see me in my Calvin Klein underwear. No, it's this. There's the old song by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Feel the Vibrations. That was such a moment in that retreat of such profound connectedness, such deep resonance with life. And how I felt that was just as a sense of opening. As a sense of opening my life and other people opening their life towards me. And through that, moving away from that Minuscule sense of smallness, shyness, being self-contained, and instead allowing the being to breathe. This ability to both give and receive from the very center of who we are. I must tell you that frankly and honestly, I first witnessed this before in any way I was capable of being able to experience it. I was in seminary. And we were visiting a Hindu temple, a temple dedicated to the god Ganesh. And there was a young woman who came in during our time of study there and observation as we were invited to be there. She was a young professional in New York City. She was about my age at that time. And she came in just looking like she had the weight of the world upon her. It was almost as if she was bent over from all of the stress that she was carrying. And her very being looked so small. She looked small. And in this moment of what they call in the Hindu tradition of making and doing darshan, it is a way of looking at the representation of the God, not just seeing it and not thinking that something magically happens, but a shift in consciousness. Seeing her as she was in this eye gaze, with the representation of the god Ganesh. She went from this 
to this. She opened up. I could see that something in her had radically changed just in the way she was holding her body, holding her life. And the way that she actually experienced her life being held as well. This has stayed with me. Stayed with me to this day because it showed me something that I was not and at that point couldn't be or wouldn't be at that time in my life. But it was something that I aspired to eventually. What she showed me in this encounter is that spiritual life is at its base an encounter that enlarges us. Spiritual life is an encounter that enlarges us. We see this in all healthy individuals. We see it in healthy families. We see it in healthy congregations. We see it in healthy institutions. These are the kinds of systems, the kinds of relationships that are open to relationship and open to expanding relationship. The opposite of this are those closed systems that exist in fear. They exist in the fear of not enough. Not enough friends, not enough love, not enough time, not enough money, not enough, not enough, not enough. Whatever the blank is that goes in there for those fear-based systems or individuals, never, always, never, 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 I don't have enough time. The problem is, living in that way of closed-downness, that shrinking from life, the fear that they fear creates the very conditions that they start to live in. And then voila, of course, there is not enough. Wellsprings was begun with the commitment to encounter. The commitment to enlarge the charge of our souls rather than withdraw and through our withdrawal from life to diminish ourselves and to diminish, diminish what we could share. This path, well, actually, it's not just one path. There are many paths. We can say its source and its name ultimately is mysterious, but it is not a mystery. This is what our core beliefs and values here at Wellsprings are. They are an invitation for all of us to go deeper into this life, to walk the path that makes sense to us so that we are living a life that enlarges and enriches. But even... If the paths we walk are not a mystery to us, we can't ever, and I don't think we should ever want to put our finger exactly on it. To pin it down and say, we have it, and it's ours, and I get it now. I hope that's not the case there where we think we can absolutely get it now. I think when we want to pin something down, I think of uh, what is truly probably one of those mean-spirited best pop songs ever recorded. Under My Thumb by... The Stones, full-on Mick Jagger, swagger, you know, just being a jerk. Great song, but under my thumb, literally. I mean, it's an incredibly sexist song, too. Under my thumb, the squirming dog has just had her day. I mean, it's, it's, it's nasty. It's, not, it's an unpleasant song. But living that way, wanting to pin anything, certainly another person, but wanting to pin anything down under our thumb, saying, we have it now. That's it. It's done. We got it. It is so self-defeating. The whole point of spiritual growth is that it is uncapped. As long as it unfolds, we too are invited to unfold. So can our being and so can our becoming. 
And so instead of pinning it down, the movement directs in the other way, towards the releasing it out. That's what Whitman was talking about when he invited all of us, get out there on the open road. Get out there and experience the charge, the full charge of the soul. It's like we say here also in our DNA that Sunday, this day, is not about getting religion one day a week. It's about motivating and sustaining and building in us that yearning to draw upon what we might get here, but make it stronger when we are there. To face and to know those tests of wisdom and to meet those challenges most fully because life on the open road, we all know this already, it's primarily, it's not very comfortable. And I don't consider my job here and I don't consider the mission of Wellsprings to make any of us comfortable. I think our deep mission is to provide comfort. Comfort when we are hurting. Comfort when we are afraid. Comfort when we are in pain to say, as yes has been said before, yes, you can. Yes, we can. We can face what needs to be faced, and we can face it not with a sense of scarcity and fear, but with a sense of hope, abundance, and love. But that is very different than just wanting to live comfortably. The open road of the soul calls us to something deeper than simply being comfortable. And so on this day, when we take a little bit of a look back and we celebrate the fact that this congregation has been able to grow over the last three years, has shared itself remarkably, will continue to share itself, it's also great to ask, what's in our future? What's coming up? I got a great confirmation of some of the stuff we have been doing to this point in our existence a couple weeks ago when someone who's been sort of, as they say, you've heard this phrase and some of you I know have done this as well, church shopping, you know, sort of hopping around from different religious communities, checking them out. We're all consumers, you know, and we want to check something out as well. We should be. Does it pass the sniff test? You know, is there something there for me? Well, this person had heard because they live in the area, but kind of far away. They had heard that Wellsprings was the kind of spiritual community that really primarily takes the spiritual growth of its participants and of its members very deeply seriously. That is what we are about and that is what we invite people to do which people wish to say yes to that invitation. And so this person emailed me wondering, did I have any idea of resources for maybe a pastoral counselor or a spiritual director because what they wanted to do in their life was go deeper. I love that we are known from someone who has never been here, never known us, that this is the way they would come to know about us, that we are a resource for their going deeper. And so that's one small part of a dream fulfilled for those of us who started out with Wellsprings next Saturday. Next Saturday is another step in that direction, this recharge, regen, rejuve, this free offering to the community, giving people the opportunity to flourish if they wish to accept those those invitations. It's a great step in a great direction, but it's still just part of the dream. We are still very, very young here. We have only just begun. Since last spring... Since last spring, we started our relationship with the clinic. We, you, 
have given them well over $10,000 just from our collection week after week after week. Our children with their coins and their dollars and some of us with larger bills. We have made giving of ourselves a central part of what it means to be part of Wellsprings. And I shared with you just last Sunday your generosity in addressing in the way that we could most generously the people who are struggling, living and dying in Haiti. But of course we are not a social service agency. We're not here just to quote unquote do good. We are here to share our gifts with the world. By way of our own awakening to ask the question, how could our awakening help another person or others beyond us? This is sharing and creating and growing justice, compassion and love based upon our gifts. This is the true benefit of growth. That we can dream big dreams and we can follow those dreams up. Just this past week, I was driving by the Chester County Prison. Any of you know where that is? Chester County Prison down sort of southwest of West Chester. And I don't know how many of you have been in prison or jail for whatever reason. I've done some ministry, not a lot, in prisons over the years. And let me tell you, prison is scary. And a lot of people there have done some really awful things. But not everyone in prison is a monster. Some people in prisons have just made some really lousy and awful choices. And as I drove past that prison and remember the times that I had stepped through its, not just clanking, but closing metal gates. <laughs> Even when you're a visitor in prison, you hear that gate close behind you, it is chilling. And I thought, what might we offer to the people struggling Suffering, learning to pay off their debts in there. Prison is such a loud place. Well, I started to think, and again, this is just me dreaming out loud here. Many of us here have contemplative practices. Many of us regularly, regularly practice to learn what it is to get a handle on and understand and investigate our own causes of mental suffering and mental anguish. That perhaps even if we do not follow them into criminality, we can follow them in to making wise choices. What would it look like if Wellsprings had a practice of contemplative ministry for prisoners? What would it look like if we took those gifts of some of the people here, of some of you, and offered that to people who are in jail? I am just dreaming out loud here. But if we can't dream here, What's the dream for? The benefits of growth and of being the kind of community that stresses that it is encounter, that enlarges, that exists at the heart of who we are, is for me kind of like the, uh, the iPhone commercial. There's an app for that. You know that commercial? There's an app for that. And then they talk about, well, you can find this restaurant in this part of the city or you can find what the weather is. You know, it's 6 o'clock on a Tuesday. There's an app for that. And the great thing with an iPhone is it exists to communicate, but people can create the apps that work out from that iPhone that communicates. I think as Wellsprings continues to grow, we will be asking 
and answering this question. Where are the places that we would like to take our gifts, not just our desire to do good for another person, but having done good and having been good for and with ourselves, that we might naturally share who we are on that open road in the world beyond, so that our wisdom might really be tested to be found true and not wanting. Just a couple weeks ago, some of you, some of us gathered for a career transition support group. It has obviously been a very, very tough time financially. And there was a need, and a need very much. We found out from the people who found out who were there that there was a desire for a career transition support group, that people would gather and have the opportunity to gather safely as they explore this very delicate, sometimes difficult time of transitioning in life. What would Wellsprings look like if we could say that there is an app as well for grief, for loss, for our most significant relationships when they are in trouble? We cannot, we shouldn't do all of this at once. But just as today we arrive here because of the dreams of those who dreamt this day in the past, so too our future will be created by asking How can our gifts be shared in such a way that they have not been already? How can we perceive a need, address a hurt, right a wrong through the sharing of our gifts? Not because we have to, not because we should, not because you should, but because you and we and us are called to do so. We will continue to dream the future here. And the only thing I think for us to continue to be a truly deep spiritual community is this. That the life here will be large. And I'm not just talking about numbers now. It's great to go to two services and nice to have a lot of people here. But I think that only comes from a deeper kind of life being large. May the life within us, may your life, may the lives around you, may the lives that we encounter, may the lives that challenge us, may the lives that we meet enlarge our own lives so that we know, yes, life is out on the open road. Life abundant can never be contained. It can only be shared. It can only be passed on. Happy birthday, Wellsprings. We've only just begun. Amen. May you live in blessing. Let's pray together. God of the open road. May all of us, each in our own way, answer that call to step forward. To step toward that life that we would envision for ourselves and that life we would envision for this community together. May our efforts be blessed with the work of justice. 
May we reach out to those put out, put down, and be a source for them of setting right wrong. May our efforts be of compassion. May we look out upon a world and that open road that, of course, yes, contains suffering. And may we be the kind of presence that can heal. May our work and our efforts here be of love. Knowing that where there is fear, where there is harsh judgment, there is pain there as well too. May we address that pain from the deepest kindness of each and every one of our spiritual depths. In these things, May our life here not just be large, but may our life here be truly blessed and truly a blessing. Amen.